Welcome to the GBC Big Three podcast, a weekly podcast where we sit down and unpack three big questions raised from our Sunday sermon. I'm your host, Matt Willis, and joining me for another week of the Big Three is the always delightful Ah. Jessica Baker, Ah. my co-host and friend. Hello. Welcome. Thank you. How are you? Yeah, good. (laughs) (laughs) I I know that I can say this because we have the friendship. Mm. Um, You're looking super pregnant. Mm, Thank you. Thank you. I believe your initial words when I first came in was, when you look frazzled or... (laughs) And do you need to sit down? (laughs) So, but they—they were words coming from a place of care (laughs) and consideration for you and your well-being. Mm. And the well-being of your unborn child. Mm-hmm. Thank you for that. No, yeah, no frazzled, worries. need to sit down, and uh, super pregnant. I'm feeling all of those things, <laughs> <laughs> all of the above. Yeah. What's going on? What's new besides you know growing a human? Yeah, life? growing a human still same same. Um, <laughs> <laughs> finish up work next Friday. Oh, no longer. That's exciting. Um, on call midwife, which mm. will be amazing. Mm. I have a year off. Not that I'm counting. Yeah, and at is all. it a year off? Like I think I it mean, is. <laughs> you, ultimately, like you will still be on call. <laughs> in but a on way. call for my own child, and I don't have to get dressed and leave the house. Mm. Like, that, at, that is a at win. At two a.m. Yeah, like or shower. Yeah, or don't like do any of those things. things. No. So I'm excited for that. Um. <laughs> Just the, the drop in personal hygiene <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and social connection yeah. with the outside world. Yeah. yeah, exciting times. Yeah. But this um, sermon series is really close to my heart right now. In fact, it's quite triggering um, because I'm currently renovating my bathroom. Boom, mm, boom. What a mm. time. And I need the spirit of the Lord involved <laughs> <laughs> for the kind of unity that occurred building the wall because it's certainly not happening with the bathroom. Yeah. 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 I, mean, mm. um, I mean, I'm interested <laughs> on the decision of, of renovating a mm. bathroom mm. Weeks prior to mm. giving birth. I'm mm. not judging that choice <laughs> in any way, shape, or form. I'm not saying that it was the wrong choice. Mm. I'm interested by mm. the choice. Mm-hmm. So am I. Yeah, yeah. excellent. Especially excellent. I, I've been a midwife six years now and time and time again women tell me they're moving or renovating. I'm like, <laughs> you idiots. <laughs> and here I am. Here you are. Mm-hmm. Bless. Mm-hmm. It Bless. all stems from the fact that my hot water runs out after 20 minutes and that just won't do for a home birth. <laughs> so <laughs> we're getting a triple the size hot water tank installed and then may as well just knock out the whole bathroom. Why not? Yeah. They why say. Not? <laughs> I mean, 20 minutes is a long shower. Uh, not when you're in labor. Yeah, okay. I'm sorry, but I'm just saying <laughs> 20 generally. 20 minutes is a long shower. No way. Women, you just don't even know. We have to. There's a lot to do in the shower. <laughs> there is a lot of ground to cover. Yeah. Anyway, just, we'll leave it at that. We'll leave but it I'm at just that. saying 20 minutes is not enough time. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I don't just want to release Especially you Especially with into a that. bowling ball for a stomach. It's, a, it's gotten a lot harder. Okay. Yeah. Okay, please, please <laughs> proceed. Well, but I'm doing great. <laughs> I believe it. I believe it. I see that in your yeah, frantic in my face. eyes. <laughs> well, for those of you who missed it, our senior pastor Mark Reader preached during our services this past weekend, continuing in our series Renovation, Rebuilding for Purpose. Mark spoke from the book of Nehemiah, speaking about the people of God uniting around the purposes of God. You can listen to that message again through our regular GBC Sermon Podcast. And so today in the Big Three, we're going to keep the conversation going from Mark's message. In a moment, we're going to be joined by Mark. And Jess and I will be putting the Big Three questions to him as we dive deeper into the invitation from this week's sermon. But for now, Jess, you've listened to the sermon. Mm -hmm. I'm interested on your thoughts coming out of Mm -hmm. Raider's message on Sunday. First up, I've just got to say it was absolute torture (laughs) sitting through Kat trying to get through those names. (laughs) That was a brutal passage. Like, could you have... Do we have to read it? 
Could you just be like, hey, guys, here's just a list of names, people who helped out. You get the idea. Let's move on. But poor cat. Skim, skim an eye over. You'll, you'll be able to yeah. see a pattern here. Yeah, here it is on the screen. Yep, all right, we've all got that. Great. But um, no amount of Bible college is going to prepare you for reading that Bible no, passage. No, And so, you know, Kat, um, she was she was the sacrificial lamb. She really was. <laughs> and she did all right, but, gosh, it was painful. Yeah. <laughs> But besides that, she got a a, a round of applause. Yeah, I wanted to say standing well ovation, deserved. but that didn't happen. No, it was just we're round Baptists. of applause. We're Baptists. We don't stand. Settle we down, certainly mate. don't raise our arms while standing. <laughs> um, no, yeah, she did well. She did well. Um, I'm also impressed with Raider pulling anything out of that passage. Yeah, yeah. How do you do that? Mm. I think it's a bit of a stretch, but <laughs> <laughs> wow, he might disagree. And look, I hope he does. I'm sure, um, I'm sure we'll find out. <laughs> no, but that kind of whole premise of like just an odd bunch of people getting together, and it's only through like, like I said, the spirit of God helping mm, that mm. that all came together in 52 days. It's very impressive to build a wall. Yeah, I'm impressed with that. Yeah, my I- bathroom will take that long. That's one bathroom. <laughs> Yeah. Very good. Mm. Well, I think it's time for us to start looking at the three big questions Smith through Slido this week. So, Jess, what are our big three for today? Question one is how and when is it appropriate to contextualise scripture? This is that whole thing, mm-hmm. right? We had a list of names. Yep. How do you actually draw? Could we just cut meaning? that out of the Bible <laughs> <laughs> altogether? <laughs> Question two, what does unity of a community of faith look like? And how can I get that working on the bathroom? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> if sure. you could answer that as well as a little <laughs> side note to me. And question three, what shape should we expect our testimony to take as a community of faith? Yeah, nice. Nice. I'm keen on Solid. this. Yeah, that's very good. All right. Well, there's only one thing missing and that is the man himself. Mark Rader, welcome to the big three. Thanks, Matt. Um, hey, Jess. Mark, we're a bit hysterical up here. If, yeah. you, could, if you could match our energy, <laughs> right, that would be great. <laughs> hey, guys. <laughs> it is in the pitch. And the raising of the eyebrows. <laughs> all right, I'm feeling personally attacked here. It's been a day, all right? I'm there with you, my friend. I'm there with you. <laughs> How are you going, Mark? <clears throat> I'm, I'm going all right. Yeah. going all right. Yeah. 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 I, you know, I can't really complain. You had another week in isolation <laughs> last yes, week. That's, yes. That's Two That's times. Two in the last four. So, And yet both occasions you've been able to dodge yes. COVID. Yes. It, well, I think, Solid. you know, it's really the <laughs> – it's the result of privilege, right? <laughs> we have a large enough house that both my daughters were able to, in their own time – really isolate from the yeah. rest of the family. It's just, I think that's the long and the short mm. of it. So, um, we, yeah, we feel really quite blessed by that. Right and, Do you think you, you should know. have just gotten it so you don't have to keep isolating? Um, just get it done? No, no. I'm, I'm, <laughs> that's a hot pass. I'm pretty comfortable not getting no. the disease. Yeah, I mean, that's fine. That's, yeah, fair. You know, so, yeah. You know. But that's a thing. Yeah. People, mm. are, yeah. people are doing that's a COVID did. party. And to, I instantly regretted it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I'm just saying you can personal opinion on that. Mine is don't mm. get it. Don't, mm. 10 out of 10 mm. would not recommend. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, no, there it is. So, yeah, and, yeah, so life is back to normal. Yeah, back in the office. Back in the office. And, yeah. You were missed. I felt I felt lost without you. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> and two weeks ago when we had the podcast, mm-hmm. we were talking about a certain thing that was coming up. Oh, have yes. we made that special announcement <gasps> yet? I don't oh. think we have. No. Oh, we haven't? No. no. Well, so take I, it away. That's right, because I trialed 
that night. Yes. Mm-hmm. Wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yes. The well. hockey tryout. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I um, I was successful. <gasps> yeah. Oh. So I was uh, offered. Let's pretend like we didn't know the, <laughs> the outcome right. of that. Right. Wow, right. what a shot. Yeah, yeah. So I trialed on the Wednesday night and then on the Saturday morning I got the email saying, yeah, So they really had to like think about it. I guess. <laughs> for 72 guess hours. <laughs> well, geez, I didn't do it on Wednesday night because the uh, – I was told that the trial would start at 9.15 in oh, the evening. Bedtime. Oof, That's would rough. be about an hour. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, okay, no problems. And uh, so they did some drills and then they they had like a game. Um, so you can kind of see both sides, which is fine. So about 10 to 10, they start the game. And I'm like, oh, okay, we got, you know, 25 minutes to, mm-hmm. to sure. kind of show them what you got. And to hit a stuff. puck. Why not? Well, <laughs> quarter past 10. They just kept playing. 10.30, it was still going. People started leaving because it's middle of the week. <laughs> Quarter to 11, we're still playing. Oh. 11 o'clock, basically, the guy who cleans the ice with the Zamboni kind of just fired up the Zamboni. Just a little passive-aggressive yeah. symbol yeah. of like, And everyone just kind now. of started leaving, and that was it. So, like, nobody said at the end, okay, folks, we'll let you know in a couple of days, or, like, it was just... That's the end. We went home. But wow. maybe that was the test. Yeah. And the the faithful few who gets in the team. Yes. And uh, the, the difficulty for me, and this is where being in isolation right after that kind of helped because I had to, my, I think as I told you guys the week before, my skates broke on yeah. Tuesday. So oh, I bought saga. my skates. Yeah. Plot twist. Which meant that I was using brand new skates. On Wednesday night. Had not been worn in. Had not been worn in. Mm. So by about mm-hmm. 10 to 11, I was pretty sure my ankles were bleeding. So, <laughs> uh, And while they weren't bleeding, I did have some special, special blisters no. that had torn open. So That's I didn't wear rough. shoes for a week. Uh, in recovery. While I was in isolation. So it worked out nicely. <laughs> so, yes, but no, the dream continues. So yes. yeah, Division 5, Canterbury Eagles. Well, we'll is it there. Division 5? Well, we just, we just, yeah, I did. I, I, was saying, I? I was saying beforehand, we just got uh, um, upgraded to Division four for well, some reason. So we're doing absolutely nothing. <laughs> the spirit leads where the spirit leads. Yeah. Am I right? Yeah. So you know, I've obviously lifted the standard of play <laughs> around me. Or um, no, like well, we've got a Canadian. <laughs> surely we should yes, at least right. be in Division four. Yeah, they might want to watch longer. So, but anyway, so no, it's very exciting. Very, I'm very, and I've, I've I met a bunch of people who were at the trial but didn't make any teams so like, oh, like oh was, and so I bumped into them since like, oh, and I'm like oh so oh it is a little bit I'm like oh so have you found a place to play they're like yeah yeah I'm playing so and so I'm like great 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 what about you I'm like oh I made the team you know so but uh, so I, like it ended up making me feel like pretty pleased with myself Seen like, and value yeah well it wasn't even just a matter of showing up and getting graded like oh yeah you're division five because <laughs> everyone has to fit someplace like yeah. a bunch of people didn't make it so like I was I was like oh well that's can skate. Can skate. Can skate and hit a puck. Yeah. Well, we're very excited to mm. get a weekly update on the mm. scores. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now that we you're got, in Division 4, yeah, we're hoping yeah. at least one game win. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping. I'm hopeful as well. <laughs> yes. I was a little bit more hopeful when I was Division 5 12 hours ago. But yeah. anyway, we'll see how we go. Very good. Love it. Well, all that said, mm. I think it's time to get into the big three. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> So, Mark, this actually wasn't a huge part of your message, but I guess as you opened your sermon on Sunday after Cat and Rox in the morning had to, um, oh, what's the word, like just soldier on through that passage <laughs> yeah. in Nehemiah chapter 3, you kind of 
you named the elephant in the room. Like, mm. what do we do with a passage like this where mm. it's just a list of names of people mm. using beams and all sorts of things to build certain sections of the wall? Um, how do we take the principle from that and apply mm. it to our lives? And ultimately you were talking about, you know, how like contextualizing scripture. And so that's kind of led into our first question to kind of kick off our discussion today, which is how and when is it appropriate to contextualize scripture? Because surely in some moments mm. it works and in others mm. what you see is what you get. Yeah, I mean, I think that there's, I think it's always appropriate to contextualize passages. I, I think the, the bigger question is where do we, where do we find where do we find the source of meaning, right? Is it in the mm. literal face value? In which case, a list of people who built a wall 2,400 years ago feels a little bit irrelevant yeah. to us. Um, so you have to kind of dig beneath the literal yeah, or a literalistic meaning, shall I say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, I think, you know, it's a list of people who built the wall, and so there's something for us to take away from that. Mm. Um, I, I think that... it. I, for me, that kind of highlight that that sort of a passage, and then the, the sermon kind of highlights the uh, the multifaceted nature of scripture. Mm. Um, not not only in the sense that you know scripture is so varied, and yet it's all the word of God for us, but yeah. also in terms of what I think I would probably term almost as its flexibility of application. Right, that that you can kind of there, there's there's lots of depths and layers to to scripture, um, and uh, and and I think that that like I quite enjoy the process of kind of looking at a passage like that. I don't think I would have you know when I first started preaching, right? You know, like no, yeah. can confirm if you had have given me that passage, I would have thrown it right back at you. <laughs> I'm really sick that day. Yeah. So I think I've come to a to I guess to appreciate both that scripture is. God breathed, mm. and so there's there's something here, but then also to try to recognize, um, you know, ha, uh, that there are different paths to identifying the message in it. Yeah, right. Um, and and that, and that's part of the contextualization piece. You mm. know, trying to pay attention to genre and then asking what the purpose of the genre was. Right. So, you, you know, like the idea of a, you know, like a command. Well, that has a a relatively straightforward purpose of, right? I want you to do that which was commanded or refrain from doing that which was prohibited. Yeah. Um, stories have slightly different purposes. They're mm-hmm. often there to encourage us or to give us good or bad examples mm-hmm. to follow or avoid following. Lists like these, I think we I don't we we tend not to think that they have much purpose. Yeah. Right? Like in the sense of like what's the point of a list? Yeah. But once you begin to dig around in a little bit, you think, well, a list is designed as a it's a like it's a record. It's like the memorials that we have to those in communities who fought in World War One or yeah. World War Two or the Vietnam War, whatever the case might be. At one level, it's just a list of names. Mm. And if I were to go to just about any war memorial in Australia, I don't know any of the names. Mm. I don't know any of them. That doesn't take away from the significance of what that list symbolizes. Mm, that's true. And oh. so, you know, I've never thought of it that way. <laughs> <laughs> and so like that, that list then is meant to do something, right? Mm. To, you know, in the context of a, memor- a war memorial, it's meant to remind us of those obviously who have given their lives, you know, for mm. freedom and, and whatnot. And so the question becomes in something like Nehemiah 3, 
what's the what's the purpose of writing this down? Mm. Because it's not it's not stirring narrative, right? Mm. But it's not meant to be. Like it's not meant to be this exciting. Oh wow! And then he built this, and the next guy built that, and oh, you should have <laughs> seen the gates. You know, like <laughs> eh, yeah. But there's something about them that testimony, and there you find. Well, that feels like there's something in there for us. Mm. Um, and then I think you know the 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 details. Um, are often then where you where you gain some traction. So again, if you think about the war memorial, you know you 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 might see a few people with the same last name. So you think, oh, there's some maybe some brothers mm. or people who are related to one another. That's interesting. And mm. you may, if you did a little bit of digging behind that, you might actually find that there were quite a few from a particular school or yeah. from a particular suburb. And, and that would, again, give you depth to you know what was taking place. You might learn their ages. Mm. And all of those things just give you added detail about what it's meant to do. And I think that's the same then with thinking about the 45 sections of the wall and yeah. the groups of people and the titles that are given to people who have titles and little references to the politics and those sorts of things. So um, I, I think that, yeah, like I think from my perspective, you know, having done this for a while and mm. teaching in this space, I think, you know, it's always proper to contextualize the yeah. passage. And the more we're able to contextualize it, the more likely we are, I think, to identify the the lessons mm. or the purpose of the text, um, and uh, and I think that's uh, that that's I mean they talk about hermeneutics, the art and science of interpretation, and I think it is both an art and a science. Yeah. Right? There's some rules that you follow, but there is a bit of a an art to it as mm. you become more comfortable with with various genres. Like again, like when I first began preaching, I would have just been freaked out at a list like that. Cause you're like, I have no idea. Mm. Like I don't even, I don't even know where to begin to try to find a principle. Like, um, so I think that you do learn, you learn to become more comfortable with the skills and the tools. And then mm. that, that creates some of that space. I don't know if that yeah, adequately gets to the question, but yeah, yeah, I think it does. But, um, as a bit of a follow up, So obviously you over time have mm. gotten more comfortable with mm. that, um, practice of contextualizing scripture. Um, and <laughs> you know, people actually pay you to teach it. So clearly you know what you're talking about and that's really helpful for mm. us. Um, we are the recipients of that. Mm, we but, do benefit, yes. yes. <laughs> but for, for someone seeking to do that in their own personal, mm. you know, devotional time in their own personal spiritual practice, you said that there's an art and a science. I think the yeah. art is probably <clears throat> intuitive and, and whatnot. What's some of the science? Like what's mm. what are some of the – you talked about understanding genre. I think that's yeah. a great first yeah. step. Um, but what are, what are some of the other kind of rules that you would maybe suggest mm. to, yeah. to consider as people kind of come to Scripture, whether yeah. it's a list of names or a poem or, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. A prophetic oracle yeah. Yeah. or a – or maybe some like practical tools and things that you would send yeah. little junior yeah. babies trying to read the Bible to. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I think that, I mean, to some degree, it's how long is a piece of string. Like there's, you know, there's no end to it. And I think it's important to recognize that the the things that you do reading the Bible and trying to discern the the, the meaning of it, mm. trying to figure it out, are on a continuum with someone with four PhDs who can speak Latin and Hebrew and you know Greek and Aramaic and all that kind of stuff. It's mm. just that they have far more expertise in the tools mm. than, than you do. But there is a con- content, there's a continuum that you're on in that space. Mm-hmm. And then I think it's 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 about um, you know I think you, you want to try to ask questions about um, you know like what's the genre? When was this written? 
Mm. Um, why was this written? And sometimes those are related to genre, but sometimes it's like, okay, this was written after the exile. The wall was built. Like, what do we know about that? And, you mm. know, so some of the stuff that we've unpacked about the fact that this was probably the wall that had been torn down by Artaxerxes himself rather than the wall torn down by the Babylonians 150 years before. Yeah. Like that's kind of helpful insight, knowing the size of Jerusalem, like just kind of digging around and finding a, an atlas and mm -hmm. or finding a map on Google Maps of you know the, the city as Nehemiah would have known it mm -hmm. um, and getting a bit of a feel for you know the temple was in the north and all of those sorts of things. So I think you just want to try to find out as much of the original as you can. Mm. Um, you know, do some of the names show up in other places? Um, you know, where is Tekoa? Where's Mizpah, where's Gibeon? Why were those places important? Like just trying to dig around in those sorts of things. Mm. I think some really good practical tools are like there's a there's an excellent book. I don't know what edition it's in now, but it'd be quite a few of them. It's by um, Gordon Fee and Douglas Stewart, an Old Testament and New Testament lecturer, although in inverse order of the names I just gave, um, who have written a book called How to Read the Bible for All It's Worth. And they basically mm. outline some general principles, and then they look at different genres or t sections of scripture and give you some really handy, simple, easy-to-use tips um, to help make sense of some of what you're reading. Uh, and then just you know keep exploring. Mm. Um, I, I reckon that one of the best things that you can do, and this is, I think, a way to facilitate the the art side of it is to ask questions of the text, mm. right? And and to keep in mind that, shall I say, there are no wrong questions to ask. Mm. You know, you can ask the heretical question while you're exploring it, you know, like <laughs> that whole thing about, you know, why did God do that? Well, this mm. seems ludicrous to me. Like, why did God do that? You know, and I think that we sometimes feel that we can't ask that question, but mm. asking the question when you're exploring the text can actually open up new things, Um for us as we go. So I, 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 I'm not, again, I'm not sure if that answers too much of the, mm. of the heart of it, but the more you can learn about the original context, you know, and so there are, you know, good commentaries that you can access. Be careful of what you get online. Um, you know, if you find a .edu or .org, that's probably better than a .com, mm. um, just mm -hmm. in general principles. Um, you know, I think that you, you want to be, a, you want to be, careful with what you get for free yeah, yeah. <laughs> in that sense. But there's some good, there's some really handy resources out there um, that I think are really helpful for really engaging with, with mm. scripture. Yeah, And I think also probably having people in your life who can be your sounding board. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah, so Mark, if you could put your mobile number out on the yeah, podcast, yeah. we great. could just give you a quick call. Uh, <laughs> that's right, that's <laughs> just right. reading the genealogy yeah. of Jesus, could you help me out here? Yeah, that's right. Well, and, yeah, to some degree, that like we're all in an interpretive community in that sense, right? Mm. So even reading commentaries, you're becoming part of that interpreter's community, right? Yeah. You're allowing that influence. And I think that's a that's a good thing. And I'm not, you know, I don't come up with anything particularly unique or original in that sense. You're just kind of pulling together. Mm. You know, other 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 people's thoughts and work, which I think is great. Yeah, right on. It's a place to start. Yeah, well, let's get on to question two. Rebuilding this wall seems like a super big effort and uh, one that came together very quickly and, and without uh, too much drama. Um, and we talked about kind of those 45 different groups of people like with odd jobs and, and such coming together and working quite well. So what does it look like um, of a community of faith? Oh, sorry. What does unity of a community of faith look like? Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, one of the things I drew attention to was the, I mean, we didn't spend a lot of time on it, but the nobles of Tekoya mm. who are kind of 
named and shamed uh, for not putting their shoulders to the work. Um, and heavy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, and yeah, we didn't explore. We don't know why, right? Mm. We don't know whether they were just too discouraged because they'd been the ringleaders of the first wall and had been torn down and they were just like, I can't, I can't bear the heartbreak again. Or whether they were in the pocket of sand ballot, the, the Ammonite official, sorry, the, um, the Horonite official who causes so much trouble for Nehemiah and therefore they didn't want to get him on the wrong side or whether they were just lazy. Like they we don't really know. They didn't want blisters on their yeah, hands. They didn't want blisters yeah. on their yeah. hands or whatever yeah. the case that's might fair. be. Can, <clears throat> yeah, that's right. get alongside. Yeah, that's right. You know, so we don't know why and Nehemiah or whoever wrote the list doesn't tell us and that's fine. But I think it's noteworthy in the face of so much other unity that we have this little record that it wasn't perfect unity. And I think one of the mm. things that we need to be aware of when we talk about church unity is that we often approach that very idealistically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? absolutely. You know? mm-hmm. So I think this comes up frequently when you have the very complicated conversation about why churches don't do more together. Mm. Like why like in the world? Churches, yeah, yeah, different churches and different denominations in particular. Mm. Like, are we really that different, mm. you know, uh, at the end of the day and all that kind of stuff. Um, and and while I wouldn't want to say that um, churches shouldn't work together, I think that sometimes we bring this idealism, which just says, just, just do it. Like just work together. Mm. And it's like, well, it might not be that simple. Mm. Uh, and so I think it's worth just keep in mind that the unity that we're striving for is um, in, on, on this side of eternity, <laughs> never going to be perfect mm. yeah. unity. Right. Um, and I think it makes it all the more noteworthy when there are instances of really significant unity, right? So you think mm. about the early church, you know, that they were all together listening to the apostles teaching. They all shared their stuff. Nobody was in need. And again, we kind of go idealistic on that and mm. go, that's what church should be like. And it's mm. like, yeah, but do you notice that Luke said that once? <laughs> and, then, and then Paul and Silas have a falling out and then or Paul and Barnabas have a falling out. Mm. And then there's a whole bunch of the Judaizers have a falling out and then and like it, it's not perfect. So I think we have to probably have a more realistic understanding of what unity looks like. Um, one that, that, that leaves some space for there not to be total agreement on things. Mm. Now, having said that, you'd, you'd think that unity probably looks more like 90% agreement than 51% agreement, right? Mm. Like, you know, if you say, okay, <laughs> one more of us agrees than, than the number who disagree, that's, that's not unity. Mm. Uh, and so I don't know what the, what the mathematical equation Where would the be. Threshold <laughs> yeah, what the threshold lies. of unity would be. But I think we would all kind of go, there's a real sense that we, we really feel like we're, we're moving in the same direction. Mm. I, I think that some of the other things that would be evident um, in that would be that there would be, a, a, I think by and large, and this might be a little bit idealistic still, but by and large a willingness to, um, to disagree but to move forward. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm, I've been, you know, next week we start a new series um, and uh, we've been looking at Acts chapter 1 when they choose an apostle to fill Judas's shoes and they nominate two people and then they pray and kind of God chooses one. Um, but I'm like, was everyone happy with that selection? Would there have been people who would have been one of the other guy to, to be the apostle? And, and you think, but Luke doesn't record that for us, I think in part because he doesn't care yeah. <laughs> to tell us. But I think that there would have been a, you get the, the sense from the description of that community that it was like, we, 
regardless of which one is chosen, we want to move forward. Mm. So I think that that would, there'd be an element of that. And therefore our unity ought to be expressed in um, careful listening Mm. and respectful responses and, you know, fighting fair, you know, like if we're going to have a conversation about something that's really important, let's have it out. Like, let's, let's put it all on the table. Let's not hold back, but let's be respectful. Let's listen to one another. Like some of yeah, those nice. sorts of features. Um, you know, I, I, I guess there is always the possibility that a group might be mostly unified, uni, united together and a, a small group might be so disaffected that they leave. I suppose that that's possible. Mm. Um, well, not. I suppose it's, it, it is possible. It happens all the time. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and I'm not convinced that that small group of people saying I can't be part of this means that the unity that's been expressed is somehow illegitimate. Mm. So, I, but but I think that's where we have to try to figure out what unity looks like. I think you'd want unity to be, to be based around what I might call first principles. Like, and again, I know enough of the history of church to know that, you know, a lot of the division seems from, from a distance of history to not have been particularly first principle, but often in the, in the moment, it, it felt, felt very first principle yeah. stuff. Um, and so I think we, we, we want to be, we want to try, I think, to make sure that what we are uh, unified around is the first principles, like the most important things that mm. we recognize that this is not the most critical, that we can have diversity. I think that's yeah. that's part of what we find in, in Nehemiah 3. There's an enormous amount of diversity. Mm. And I think we do need to be comfortable and find ways to be comfortable. You know, the early church is the same. You know, Jews and Gentiles, just just that diversity was, was a heap. But then you find... You know, that in Paul's household codes, you know, he's writing to, to women who found some kind of a, um, not liberation per se, but they found a space, they found a place in God's mm. mission where Paul mm. addresses them as you are legitimate, responsible followers of Jesus. Yeah. Husbands, yeah, well, we'd expect the men to be spoken to in a hierarchical, patriarchal society. Children, they're included as you are responsible as followers mm. of Jesus. So you make decisions. Did they have power and influence? Not really still responsible, slaves. Mm. And we just think about the fact that you could have a householder who was wealthy enough to have slaves, you know, even if they were more like servants than slaves, you know, like, mm. boy, that's, and then you say, hey, we're, we're all one in Jesus. Okay. Like there's going to be some diversity. They're going to deal with different issues. They're going to experience the world very differently, all those sorts of things. So, so I think diversity in unity is pretty important. Mm. I don't think, we, I don't think the church should ever aim for conformity. Yeah. In that sense. Yeah. You know, again, I think there's a fine line, right? Because part of being unified is that we're all heading in the same, same direction. direction. Yeah. You know, um, you know, and I think about, say, you know, here at Gaimia, you know, I, I, we've kind of put particular language around what we think our purpose is and what yeah. our vision is. And, and while I'll be the first to admit that our language is just one way of saying what really mm. the, every church is on about. It's kind of how we say it. Yeah. And so I like, I want to encourage people to say mm. things the way we say it. Yeah. Mm. Is that conformity or is that a, is, you know, like, and so I think we run into those tensions often, Yeah. you know? Um, but I think yeah. on that, it's, it's, it's about what you're, 
what you say unifies us. And mm. obviously a big part of this series has been, and a big part of this sermon was that they were unified by a purpose, not yeah. a personality. Yes. Um, and I think that's important yeah. because I think when we call people to be united by, let's say, a personality, that's yeah. where, you know, <laughs> very unhelpful stereotypes mm. of what it is to be a Christian get created because we've kind of in our own way mm. created that. But yeah. it's actually, well, no, like the, we have seen throughout the narrative of the entire scriptures, you know, diversity mm-hmm. in yeah. who gets included in the people of God. We see that in the Old Testament mm-hmm. where people who were not a part of the nation of Israel were then mm-hmm. brought into yep. it. Yep. Um, we see it in the inclusion of Gentiles. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so I think you're right. Like it, well, I think it's about what what unites us and, and what unites us is a purpose because mm. our unity is around a joint action. Mm. Um, and, yes, as Christians, that joint action comes from a joint belief. And yeah. I think, again, it's joint important that, and, yeah. Yeah, that, it, that belief is those first yeah. principles, yeah. not. Yeah. And I think conformity, if conformity is the aim, that's a problem. Yeah. yeah. Right? But if we're going to go and do the same thing, there's, you know, like you think about the wall. While there was a diversity of people building, there probably was somebody kind of went, we're going to build it in this way. Like yep. we're going to build it to this height. This is not a choose your own height wall or choose your own depth wall. Like we're going to be a hot mess. Yeah, <laughs> there's going to be some conformity to the way the wall needs to be built. Mm. So again, I don't think conformity is necessarily wrong, but if it becomes like the end all the and be all. And I, yeah, so I think, I mean, unity is a really, really, really tricky one. Mm. Um, but but a. You know, like Jesus prays that we'll be unified. It's kind of a sign that we're mm. his people. And you're like, oh, okay, right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so we've got a million churches and counting, you know. And, <laughs> uh, so we're, we're not often particularly great at that. And again, I, I'm, not, I'm not convinced that different denominations, for instance, are a failure of our unity. Well, I would but, actually say that they're yeah. a representation of our unity because we're all like it's one kingdom. Mm. We're, we're, like we've mm. all got one purpose. We might yeah. use different language, as yeah. you say, yeah. and you're right. Yeah. Yeah. But we're all working towards the same thing. Yeah. We just do it differently. Yeah. Yeah. And there's your diversity. Yeah. Like mm. our denominations are yeah. our diversity mm. in a unified purpose to mm. very nice. See the gospel. Yeah, great summary. Uh, Now if we could just get people to work together. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. That's right. You can just give me my Bible college degree now, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) By the authority not invested in me. (laughs) I declare that you have to go back to school. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right on. Well, let's move on to question three. One of the things that you spoke about... um, about this passage in chapter three and, and and why it was significant to kind of name the different people and groups of people who were involved in the work of the war was that it was a witness. It was a testimony mm. of the Israelites' faithfulness mm-hmm. to God's plans and purposes. Mm-hmm. And, and it was interesting because at the beginning of, of your message, I wrote down a note of like, what's, what would our testimony be? Mm. And then you mm. kind of came back to it at the end and said, mm. you know, as a, as a community of faith, our chapter three, so yeah. to speak, has been written and is yeah. continuing to be written mm. Mm. Um, by God, and we get to mm. participate in yeah. in what He writes. Um, and obviously, the the practicalities of what that testimony kind of 
um, outlines are going to be very different. Like we are not building a wall. We're not rebuilding Jerusalem. We're not the Israelites. Um, I'm not a perfume maker. Um, And so on face value, it's like, well, there's no common ground. Mm -hmm. But but again, there's a principle here Mm -hmm. that is applicable both then and now. There's my long-winded intro to question Mm -hmm. number three. (laughs) Thanks for going on the journey with me. What shape should we expect our testimony to take as a community of faith? Mm. So not necessarily what will our testimony say, but what are the kind of the yeah the key elements that we mm. should expect mm. our story to demonstrate? Mm. I think it's a, it's a good question for any community of faith or anyone within a community of yeah. faith. I think right because it, for me it kind of it overlaps with that idea of what what are the stories we tell mm. and why do we tell them? Mm. Um, you know, I think, you know, I've never served in a church that's been like a, like a, um, like a heritage listed building. Yeah. But I do get struck by the fact that often those heritage listed churches, part of the story they tell is about when the foundation was laid and about mm. where the bells were forged and, and that doesn't seem to me like the kind of story that we really, really want to tell. I don't yeah. know how you avoid it if you're in a building that's, you know, 200 years old or, yeah. or older. Like I, I, and I, I think that, you know, there's a fascination with, with that, which I think is appropriate. But I think internally you'd want to have other stories than just mm. how old the building was and whose who's family dedicated the stained glass window right? yeah. and a little plaque. Like I think, you know, so I think about the stories that, that we tend to tell and they're stories of – of people taking risks, um, you know, of starting new ministries that didn't seem at one level to make any sense at the moment yeah. um, about people's generosity mm. um, that often takes surprising forms. Um, you know, we tell the story here of, you know, the first families who moved into this area when it was still undeveloped and perfect for young families who couldn't afford living closer to the city, which is kind of ironic now, but yeah, um, as a young family (laughs) trying to purchase in this area, it's ridiculous, you know, but who decided that what they, what they were going to do was provide to create a Sunday school for the surrounding Mm. families. And they just kind of went around and picked kids up and. You know, and and had a son. Can't do that anymore. No, like it's yeah. (laughs) There are elements of the story we don't focus on. You know, like it's not transferable in much the same way as Nehemiah three isn't. But you know, just you know, so the famous story is that they hosed out the chicken shed, and that was one of the Sunday school rooms, so to speak. Um, You know, so that's one of the stories we tell. Yeah, and it's not so much about the chicken shed or about it getting rinsed out as it's a group of people kind of going, "This place needs Jesus," Mm. and. There's no church nearby, but boy, we could start a Sunday school. Yeah. And off they went. Uh, and, and so I think that part of the question of, you know, the chapter three of the testimony piece mm. is about what are the stories that we're, we're looking to celebrate? I think that becomes part yeah. of it, you know, like the, the, the building of the wall because of its symbolic nature, I think is really quite significant in, for, for Nehemiah. But I think anytime that we can be telling the stories of how people in our community of faith said yes to God's invitation. Mm. That, that's part of the testimony. Mm. And I think the other thing about testimony, and I wasn't, I'd like to think I was deliberate in my choice of words, but I I probably wasn't as deliberate as I would, I'm going to sound. I'm going to (laughs) sound a lot more deliberate and intentional. But I think that the power of a word like testimony, if you think about it in a court of law, it's, it's all I'm asking you is to tell me what you saw or what you said 
or what you experienced. Mm. I'm not actually asking whether it's right or wrong. Mm. I'm not asking whether that's valid or invalid. I'm not asking, like, I'm just, tell me what has happened to you. And there seems to be something, I think that means that that we can all give testimony (laughs) to what we have seen. It's not asking anything apart from what did I see? This is what I saw God do. Mm. This is what I felt God invited me into. This is what happened. Yeah. Like, and it's not a matter of, I don't have to be right or wrong. I don't have to prove it. Mm. That's not my task in a, mm. in a court of law. If I'm giving testimony, I just have to give my testimony. It's someone else's job to work out how that fits in the grand scheme. And so I think our testimony just needs to be what has God done? Mm. Other people can figure out what they're going to do with it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, They can kind of take it to their juries and say, well, do we agree or not? Not my problem. This is my testimony. Mm. I was a perfume maker and I helped build the wall. I was a goldsmith and I, I helped build the wall. I didn't have any sons, but my daughters were more than happy to get involved. So we built the wall. Mm. I'm a priest. We built the wall. Mm. I'm a guy from Tokoya. My nobles are jerks, but we built a section <laughs> of the wall. You know, like lazy gigs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, I don't actually live in this area. I came from the region of Trans Euphrates and that governor, but they gave us permission. We came down, we rebuilt the wall. Like it's just testimony. It's mm. just what happened to us. Mm. And so I think that that becomes really quite critical for our testimony. All we're called to do, all we're called to do is to say yes to God's invitation when we hear it. And then say what happened. Yeah, wow. You know, like it's not a matter of coming up to some degree. You know, the building of the wall is a is a great little example because at one level it's quite mundane. Mm. You know, okay, logistical challenge. Never built a city wall. I'm sure it's more complicated than it sounds, but mm. like it's a kind of mundane thing. Um, but that doesn't take away from the significance of it. Mm. You know, it's become you know, and then you know, I think in the in the mystery of scripture their mundane task to just say yes to the opportunity in front of them becomes God's word to future generations. Yeah. I think that's really powerful. Yeah. You know, were, you know, those first families thinking about their legacy when they started the Sunday school? No. Yeah. (laughs) Not at all. They weren't sitting there kind of going, oh man, this is going to look great in 75 years. (laughs) Stories about how the world has changed. Like, well, no, they just got at it. Mm. And it has become for us the testimony of kind of going, look, look at these faithful people. Let's act faithfully in the present. So I think our testimony ought to be active, Mm. right? it, It ought to be wrapped around God's purposes. Mm. And it ought to be just as simple as this is my testimony. This is what I've seen. This is what I've heard. This is what I've done. This is what God's done. Mm. Do with it what you will. Um, and then we just leave chapter three there and people can read it and go, what the heck is this all about? <laughs> you know, <laughs> Who are all these people? <laughs> who, are all these, who are all these people? And why can't I read their names? <laughs> you know? No, I'm at a Bible college. You know? <laughs> you know? So I think then that becomes part of the story of, uh, yeah, okay, just in the regular everyday nature mm just a random group of people who said yes. And this is what God did. Awesome. Nice. I love that. Hmm. Oh, you really went on a, I know it made you think, it makes, yeah, it makes that you think that, that I knew what I was that talking was about vibe. on Sunday. So yeah. <laughs> sometimes <laughs> things unfold. <laughs> Spiritly. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Ready? Thanks so much again yeah. for another big three. Thank you. We're putting pause on Nehemiah now for a yes. few weeks. Yes. We're stepping into a new series. <clears throat> yep. Yeah. It's part of our overall, sermon. um, process of discernment. Mm. Uh, so if you've been listening to the sermons, you know that I've spoken on a handful of occasions now about a process of organizationally coming up with some strategic priorities, but theologically trying to hear the invitation of God. And um, we figured that one of the things that we probably need to do is talk about 
how do we mm. discern the invitation of God mm. together? Like, what does it even look like? Yeah. It's hard enough doing it on our own. So yeah, really looking forward to the next uh, next four weeks, looking at three passages in Acts and one in Second Chronicles. Sure. So uh, of uh, groups of people, the people of God making decisions. Mm. So trying to look at the sorts of decisions and how they made them. And, so right yeah, on. be good fun. Stay well, tuned. I'm, I'm, I'm nice going to have fun. <laughs> a little teaser, eh? A little, a little teaser. It's so. not the big three without a free plug. <laughs> <laughs> That's well, right. thanks so much, Trader. Yeah, thanks, guys. See ya. Jessica Baker. Mm, Matthew Willis. What uh, Thoughts, reflections, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. standouts? I liked just the practical tips for mm. question one. Like you, we've all kind of, bless us. Us lowly, just normal civilians in the church. (laughs) Like either just don't read those sections of Bible Mm. and just keep going back to the Gospels Mm. and the like things that are relatively easy and straightforward to read. Or Romans is always a classic. I don't have to think too hard about Romans. And so we just don't even go near these kind of passages or you read them and you're like, that's nice, and Mm. then move on. So Mm. it's good to kind of get some practical tips of like where to start and what to look for Mm. and stuff like that. So I might, you know. I might tackle some other things. You might just I might move up in the world. <laughs> go for Leviticus yeah, and just try and <laughs> pull some meaning out of I that. I mean, why not? I can now. I can. You're prepared. <laughs> what kind of stuff did you like from the discussion? I love that whole um, what type of story mm. are you going to tell? Or, or Yeah. So, like, I'm like, I want to, like, I whatever our story is, I want it to be something that is exciting, um, that there's a risk that there's a little bit of fear involved. Mm-hmm. Um, like they're the kinds of stories that I want to hear that um, it was innovative and creative and and passionate. Um, so, yeah, and I'm just like, you know, they're the kinds of stories that I want to hear um, and they're the kind of stories that I want to be a part of. So I guess then it's like, so then what are they? Mm. Like what are the opportunities? Where can I get that? Mm. Um, where can I be a part of that kind of yeah. journey so yeah but then even if our story turns out to be and we just got a group of people together and built a wall <laughs> at least it shows that <laughs> metaphorically <we're> <laughs> yeah because all people are welcome <laughs> yeah we're not into the walls um but at least it shows oh that was a group of people who who faithfully yeah, said yes exactly yeah right on very nice Thank you, my friend. Yeah, hopefully I'm less frazzled next week, but we just don't know. <laughs> Listen, it's it's a roller coaster ride. You're oh, keeping me on my toes. Is it I never ever? know like yeah, where we're look, gonna be. I'm a hot mess. <laughs> <laughs> but you do it so well. Thanks, friend. <laughs> I'll catch you next time. Well, if you want to be a part of the conversation, make sure that you're there at one of our services on Sunday and that you snap the Slido QR code or follow the link before the sermon to get involved. If you've enjoyed the Big Three podcast today, take the time to give a star rating and be sure to subscribe to stay up to date with all future episodes. Well, thanks for joining us for this week's Big Three and our deep dive into God's invitation for us all. Remember, there's no thought too small, no question too big.